Welcome to Zondo Commission Unpacked, a Corruption Watch podcast. My name is Mwepeng Valencia Talani. This podcast is brought to you by Corruption Watch and produced by Volume. I've finished witnessing the proceedings of the Zondo Commission today. It's been another day of interesting revelations. For this podcast series, we're going to be having some deep dive conversations with some of the people who are close to the Commission as well as experts in the anti-corruption space in South Africa. I'm going home now to prepare for another day of the commission tomorrow. Keep listening. You're listening to Zondo Commission Unpacked, a Corruption Watch podcast. And for this episode, we're going to continue our discussion with David Lewis, the Executive Director of Corruption Watch. Welcome back, David. Thank you. Thank you, Valencia. Now, it's been a very um, interesting week in terms of what's gone on at the, both at the commission and outside it regarding, of course, the former president, Mr. Jacob Zuma. My first question to you is, what is your takeaway from yesterday's decision by the commission to approach again the constitutional court and furthermore, to ask that uh, Zuma be found in contempt of the process, as well as uh, to seek pr- imprisonment as punishment for him. Well, you know, my, my take on, on what has happened spreads over a number of issues. But, you know, mostly I'm, I'm interested that it should be the Zondor Commission appointed to investigate and find out what happened in, in during the period of state capture is the institution that should have brought to a head the divisions within the country, the divisions within the ANC as personified in the person of, of Jacob Zuma. Because I think that's what the role of the commission is. The role of the commission was to investigate and open up this sorry period of of South African history and it's done so and it's it's done so through the innocent um, um, mechanism of inviting somebody to give evidence to the commission the commission which has been run in a manifestly fair and courteous manner Whose, whose recommendations are not binding, as commissions never are, who simply, as I say, invited this person to the commission. And because of his, essentially, because he feels that he cannot answer the questions put to him by the commission without revealing the rottenness in his own administration, has brought the whole issue to a head and has divided, you know, not only the people of South Africa, but the institutions, which I think were heavily instrumental in the whole period of state capture. And it's because he feels he cannot 
provide testimony to this commission that uh, that it's the commission that should have made this, I think, enormous contribution to fighting corruption by revealing, inadvertently revealing that precise point. But there are other takes. I mean, there's now, of course, the question of, of Zuma's potential imprisonment. You know, here I, I'm enormously admiring of, of Justice Zondo's approach to this. I mean, uh, you know, he, he had to hear Zuma, of course, and everybody assumed that he would. I mean, after all, 40 witnesses have implicated Zuma and, and in a range of, 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 uh, of corrupt conduct. Of course, Zuma had to be given the opportunity, if you like, to answer to these, uh, to these allegations, that he has not, as I said earlier, chosen to do so, essentially because I believe he feels that he cannot do so. Zondo has uh, enforced, set about enforcing the law, and he had no option but to do that. You know, there are a number of issues involved here. There's firstly the issue of ignoring subpoenas. You know, this is an everyday instrument in the criminal justice system. Uh, you know, if he or if the state chose to ignore the fact that Zuma had uh, simply ignored a subpoena and gotten off uh, without any consequence for it, how many other people in completely unrelated cases would we have found ignoring subpoenas under the faulty impression that they were entitled to to do so, or at least under the impression that if the state allowed it to happen in respect of one person in a state which always talks about every citizen being subject to the law, uh, they would have also ignored them. There's the question of commissions of inquiry. Um, are people called to uh, submit uh, evidence to commissions of inquiry simply entitled to ignore them? and the precedent that that would set. And then there's the question of this commission of inquiry. Uh, does this mean that any future witnesses, and I'm sure there are not that many of them, but there are probably some important ones, like for example, the, the ANC itself, are they entitled to uh, ignore subpoenas issued by Judge Zondo? I think had Zondo been firmer in the first place on dealing with people who made insulting, contemptuous references to the commission. This may not have been necessary, but that's history. And this, as I say, very courteous, soft-spoken, polite man chairing this commission has decided this is where to draw the line in the sand. And he has my, for what it's worth, admiration for that decision. Hmm. Now, since um, yesterday's statement by the DCJ, um, where he pronounced that he would be um, approaching the Concord, of course, to ask, as we said earlier, that it find um, Zuma in contempt. There's been now, um, there has surfaced a statement from the former president where he makes a number of um, remarkable allegations um, of course, an attack on Zondo and his, what he, Mr. Zuma calls prejudice against him, um, his very selective uh, approach 
to, to how to run the proceedings and singling him out as accused number one, for instance, um, he says in the first application to the Concord, he was portrayed as such. But significantly, the whole of the judiciary, basically, in, in general, and says it's about time that South Africa looked at its judiciary and its apparent lack of independence. Zondo included, I would assume, because he, he makes a special point about the Constitutional Court and the men and women who sit there, but also at the format um, you know, of, of the commission, for instance, that it should have been established in a different way without just one chairperson, but more than one person so that the impartiality is observed and things like that. So we are at a point where this man is literally indirectly calling for us to relook the constitution, would you not say? And how, what it says about those who, who guard um, our judiciary and protect it. You know, I, I have an anecdote that I can't vouch for because I've heard it sort of secondhand, if you like. But I, I, I had a, a, a friend who, who worked in the presidency to a reasonably high level. And one day, then President Zuma came back from visiting several countries in, in, in Africa. And he had to go straight from there to a presidential question and answer session in parliament. And he was, uh, he was very irritated at the thought. And he said to my friend, and I can't remember the countries he referred to, but let's say they were Uganda and Angola. He said to my friend, you know, where I've just come from, the president of Uganda and the, the president of, of Angola doesn't have to go to parliament to answer questions. He's the president. He doesn't answer questions. If anything, he asks questions. And, uh, you know, I think this about, about Jacob Zuma, it's not this constitutional court that he's complaining of or this country that he's complaining of. He's complaining about the fact that the president is accountable to anybody. He kind of seems to believe that when he was elected president, all the resources and power of the state now belonged to him to exercise as he wanted, sometimes kindly, sometimes unkindly. But that's, uh, that's Jacob Zuma's attitude. So anything that he says should not be actually construed as a judgment on either Zondo or on the constitutional court, or on the functioning of government generally. He just clearly does not believe in a state in which the uh, powers that be are, are answerable to uh, courts, to parliaments, to the public, to the public protector. This is what he's said every single time he's been called upon to be uh, held accountable. I mean, the reason why we can't, of course, dismiss it is because it's an attack on the, the very fundaments of our constitution, of our approach to, to governance, of our key institutions. And the problem is that some people believe it. You know, he still enjoys a fair amount of support. I think less than everybody including those in the ANC believe, 
but he commands a fair amount of support. Every one of these utterances is potentially subject to precisely the same response that Zondo effectively outlined yesterday. They are all contemptuous of our constitution of, of, uh, and, and of these key um, institutions. And certainly, you know, every time he opens his mouth, he lays himself open to further contempt charges from the Zondo Commission and indeed from the Constitutional Court itself. So um, we can't treat it lightly, but nor can we ever satisfy Jacob Zuma because by his standards, there would be nothing for him to account to and nobody for him to account to. And if you were, say, Chief Justice Mokhoeng Mokhoeng, and having, you know, if you had read the statement that aims to put out there, basically, that the judiciary in, in general at large is, has not been as impartial as it, it should have been. In fact, if anything, he is singled out as one man who's, who's had to answer for you know, transgressions that should have been blamed on many other people within both his administration and his political party, the ANC. If you were Mokhoeng Mokhoeng now, how would you address uh, the issue of what, what has now transpired? I would address it with biblical fury, as Judge Mokhoeng Mokhoeng is, is, <laughs> is what to do. But if he thinks he's going to be making any friends with Judge Mokhoeng Mokhoeng, over statements like this, I think he's sorely mistaken. You know, whether one disagrees with or, or agrees or disagrees with certain things that Judge Mokhweng has said and done, and maybe the way that he said them, uh, you cannot easily fault um, uh, Judge Mokhweng's regard for the independence of the judiciary. And, you know, now that he's extended his attack, to the whole of the judiciary, he has included uh, the Chief Justice in his uh, sights. And I think he's not going to uh, win any friends uh, that way. But it's predictable that it should be at the judiciary that he tilts himself. Because, you know, although he, there are other bodies to which he is accountable, including you and I, including the public, it's the judiciary that can make the binding decisions that actually oblige him on penalty of imprisonment or fine that can oblige him to be held accountable. You and I, unfortunately, can't, but the judiciary can. So it's predictable that he and other, you know, despots of his ilk should always first run into problems with the judiciary. Now, before we go back to, to the commission, I want to make one last point uh, slash question on the ANC. Not only has the party, obviously, we, as we said in our last um, episode, that the party itself has been found wanting and you know, evidence that has been um, revealed about the, uh, decisions, donations to the party, and all of that mean it had interests to some extent in the state being captured. But that's still to be proven, of course. But all signs um, are that the party benefited, you know, to a large extent from the state capture project. However, it has taken forever to 
not only call on um, its former president to account, but also to to show its you know support in in, in that respect for how the commission has conducted its work. It was only after the NEC meeting of this past weekend that the ANC came out to say that it will do its best to try and get Zuma to cooperate with the commission. Apparently there's a meeting, talk of a meeting that's coming between the leadership of the party and Mr. Zuma himself. So the party itself waited until the very uh, last minute to, to make him account in the way that it is now trying to do. What does it say about where the faith in the party should be from the perspective of the Zondo Commission? Well, you know, if, if you remember when when Zuma was president and he announced the formation of the commission, he called on all South Africans to cooperate with the commission. And, you know, at selected intervals, as the party has uh, called, I mean, often belatedly for the public to respect the commission and to cooperate for, with the commission. So, you know, however reluctant you may have think you may think they might have been in making that call, I don't think it's fair to say that they've that they've not um, at all shown uh, you know some regard for the commission. And I think you know that the, the truth is they're probably very divided on the question actually. And, you know, there's no doubt about it that, that certain a ANC leaders, and you can, you can see that from recent statements, uh, you know, Ace Magashule, Tony Ngeni, Jessie Duarte from her recent article, Batabile Lamini from her recent uh, response to Trevor Manuel, you can see that there are some ANC leaders and um, important ANC leaders who share Zuma's, you know, views of the commission and his views on accountability generally. So, you know, once again, I think that you can read from the ANC's tepid response from the divisions once again in the ANC. The fact of the matter is, on no single issue of importance is the ANC one organization. It's at, at least two organizations and the compromise that comes out of them every time they're forced to take a, take a view on some important point of principle is going to be this rather limp-wristed compromise I mean, I would argue that the ANC has actually been destroyed by Zuma. So really, it has not benefited from it. But that certain interests and, and factions within the ANC have benefited from Zuma's time. Zuma had to destroy the ANC to make sure that he remained in power as president, to make sure that he remained an effective member of the Gupta-Zuma syndicate. It was his presidential powers particularly of appointment that were needed for that syndicate. And in order to ensure that he remained president, he used patronage, patronage directed at the at cabinet ministers, at provincial premiers, at the heads of state-owned enterprises. And this cascaded down right to the branches of the ANC. And arguably one of the reasons why Zuma has been able to retain the, the, the parent support that he's been able to retain for such a long time is that he knows where the bodies are buried. Soon he might start saying, well, I'll tell you where Mr. X's uh, new house came from, and I'll tell you where Mr. Y's position as head of state-owned enterprise X came from. 
and uh, and that's what the power of patronage is. It draws people into a corrupt scheme, and it makes them it makes it difficult for them to ever uh, contribute to uh, combating corruption. Interestingly, it's the same patronage that he seems to be pointing at. He, he literally mentions the current president, Mr. Sadio Ramaphosa, and his CR17 campaign ahead of the ANC elective conference back in 2017 as having had an interest in capturing some of the judiciary. And that's the reason why the famous bank statements remain sealed. And uh, that's why it is in the best interest, the Houting High Court Judge President Justice Mlambo and what he calls a flawed judgment for the state of capture report to be when he took that on review. So it's quite interesting actually that it's the very he, the names are starting to come out, come out as you just said, and um, he's basically putting out feelers as to what's going to happen. I suppose if I name these people, you know, in this respect, that's what happens. I mean, you know, he he'll he'll lose no opportunity to uh, drag uh, Ramaphosa into this. You know, Dustin Mlambo has been a, a, a judge of of you know particular distinction. So he'll he'll draw you know Justice Mlambo into the story as well. I I can't see how Ramaphosa would have eased his path to leadership of the ANC by bribing the judges. The judges were not you know directly involved in that in that uh, episode at all. You know I think it is appalling that somebody should have to spend. Uh, millions and millions on getting elected, you know, president of the state, much less president of a political party. So I think it is appalling that that Ramaphosa or indeed, you know, his opponent uh, uh, at the time in Kosa and the Dlamini Zuma should have had to have raised millions of millions of rands to become the leader of a, of a p- political party. And if Ramaphosa is forced to reveal uh, the sources of his uh, financial support, and I'm not actually against that, then I think so should Nkosazana Dlamini Zuma and everybody else who stood for leadership of their political parties in that election. And frankly, I think this should become regulated. (laughs) Now, coming back to the the process of the commission itself, um, there's the pending recusal application and it's on the basis of that pending recusal application that Zuma contends he should not have been given a summons up here. How can, I, I will read um, from his statement. I restate that my review of the recusal ruling remains undetermined, and this is part of my reservation about presenting myself to the very presiding officer whose decision I am taking on review. I have no doubt that I will lose it like many other cases. Be that as it may, I'm entitled to have it determined or at least recognized. He's already casting aspersions on the high court and how the high court is going to rule on the matter. And that because the people, you know, the, the powers that be in the judiciary seem to have formed a cabal that works only against him. 
but it cannot be, um, and, and Zondo has also argued this, that the, the alleged irregularity of the summons that he says is the, is the reason why he didn't show up yesterday is null and void. Uh, it's, it, it cannot, he cannot use that as a basis for the argument that he cannot show up. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to argue with, uh, with Judge Zondo's legal interpretation, but my understanding was that there was a, an appeal from a decision of the High Court or even the Supreme Court of Appeal to the Constitutional Court again over, his, uh, over, the, over their, their, their decisions to um, support Zondo's refusal to recuse himself. You know, that, that, that's a kind of a legal argument. Um, and, you know, he may be even right, but I think that the court will say to him, well, why didn't you, when you had an opportunity to come to the Constitutional Court, uh, when, when Zondo made his, uh, his application to have you declared in contempt, why didn't you come and tell us that then? You had every opportunity to, but you decided not to pitch up. So, um, you know, that might have given him a few hours extra in court. I have no doubt that this recusal application is nonsense. Um, and he never raised that. He hasn't raised that until now, when I think his lawyers have said to him, stick this in, because it just may get us another few months in the constitutional court, arguing the this point. And so instead of, uh, you know, this brave defiance, I'm going to go to prison for my principles, he is not going to go to prison for his principles, he's going to go to prison because he's got a lousy legal case. And, and this is an example of a, a lousy legal case, not because, you know, one is not necessarily entitled to have pertinent appeals heard before final decisions are taken on other grounds. I don't know whether that's uh, always, always true or not, but um, that's the reason. Up until now, it was all about principle. Now it suddenly becomes about some obscure, uh, arcane, uh, technical, legal point. And the technical point, legal point, is a lousy point because the substance of the point that is being argued, namely that Zondo should recuse himself, is nonsense. It's, it's just, it just doesn't beg serious uh, consideration that, that Zondo has, has been prejudiced for reasons of his familial relationship. I would have thought it might have prejudiced him in favor of Zuma. But the fact of the matter is that there's that, plus his allegation that, uh, that Zondo has been like particularly um, hard on him. Also, everybody knows not to be true. You saw the way... Zondo bent over backwards and was criticized by a lot of people for what seemed to be his deferential sort of attitude towards uh, uh, Jacob Zuma. And I think Zuma's mistake was that he, he mistook that uh, deference of Zondo for um, weakness. And Zondo has shown himself to be courteous, but not at all weak. The commission views Mr. Zuma's conduct in a very serious light, particularly because it's repeated conduct. The Commission has not treated Mr. Zuma unfairly at all. He has no 
valid or sound reason for not appearing before the Commission. The Commission has taken note that in this type of situation, the law makes provision that it may apply for what is called, it may institute what is called contempt of court proceedings. The Commission will do so. What that entails is that the Commission will make an application to the Constitutional Court, which is the court that made the order that Mr. Zuma has defied, and seek an order that Mr. Zuma is guilty of contempt of court, and if the Constitutional Court reaches that conclusion, then it is in its discretion what to do. One of the things it can do is to impose a term of imprisonment on Mr. Zuma. Another would be for it to impose a fine. The Commission will approach the Constitutional Court and ask it to impose a term of imprisonment. Well, it sounds very much like the gloves are off. The next chapter in the Zuma versus Zondo saga is very likely to be interesting. For us, though, this is as good a time as any to leave the discussion for now. You've been listening to the Zondo Commission Unpacked, a Corruption Watch podcast produced by Volume. I've been your host, Mwebeng Vanesha Dalani. Join us soon for the third episode, where we'll dig into recent evidence related to the country's intelligence sector as well as evidence on parliamentary oversight in relation to the alleged state capture under review. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Volume.